Hello and welcome to A Wee Piece Podcast, hosted by myself, Darren Shields, here in Youthlink in Belfast. It is absolutely fabulous to be here with you today in what is our first of a new series of podcasts in which we will be inviting youth and community workers on to tell us about their experiences of working with young people and their families in our ever-changing, complex and challenging society, which is Northern Ireland. Youthlink was set up in 1991 by the Presbyterian Methodist Church of Ireland and Catholic Churches. And our vision is churches working together to build excellence in youth work and ministry towards a just, peaceful and flourishing society based on the common good. My role within Youthlink is I am the Youth Engagement Officer. I have worked for Youthlink for just over three and a half years, just before the pandemic. Within my role, I get the opportunity to collaborate with various youth centres and schools within Belfast and further afield in the delivery of various youth projects such as Transform and the 4th Meadow Project, which we've just finished, as well as delivering accredited training in OCN's Level 1 and 2 for young people and youth practitioners. And now I get to host this new podcast, which, as mentioned, is called A Wee Piece, which will hopefully offer a wee glimpse into the lives and experience of youth and community workers, as well as hearing real stories and real examples of peace and reconciliation within youth and community work, and hopefully have a wee bit of fun along the way. Today we have as our first guest, a very special guest today, is our current director, Joe McCune. So we give him a big cheer, Joe. That's enough cheering for you. It is. Here, it's great, Darren, to be part of your this wee idea of your wee piece podcast, getting a new idea off the ground, um, sharing ideas, sharing stories. And the good news, if you think over the last 31 years, where we have trained leaders in the community, we've built peace builders, and we're still trying to make a difference in this kind of divided and diverse land. So I'm glad to be here and glad to have a bit of fun along the way. And hopefully, you look after me. Well, let's, let's hope so. Let's hope you get in and out of this uh, podcast or interview, because it's, it's all unscathed. new to me, <laughs> unscathed. And, and I love the name. I love the wee piece name. Like, where did that come from? Well, we just thought, you know what? We live in Northern Ireland. We have our own wee sayings, a wee this, a wee that. Well, do you know what? We have a wee bit of peace at the minute. We're not fully there, I don't think. Give, but yeah, we're definitely, give, me a, give me a hair piece. Get, <laughs> we're definitely working on it. I think we're heading in the right direction. No, that's lovely. Actually, it is a wee piece. It's a it's a wee piece indeed, and we're we are that idea. If we're working at it, it's like reconciliation is it's a slow burn. It's not instant, and we we're working on it ourselves. Like so, it's it's an exciting idea. Yeah, Northern Ireland's changing, and I think we need to realise that we're heading in directions which are a bit different from what we've always been in. Uncertain territory. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, Joe, um, my first question for you is then just. Give us a wee quick overview of your background and what your current job and, and your role here and you think is. Ooh, that's good. Um, well, I'm looking outside the window just above you, Darren, and there is White Rock Orange Hall. So we are in West Belfast, and I grew up up the road there in Andersonstown. Um, so grew up, obviously, like most young people. Like we bit of trouble with in the community, being a silly boy, you know, I know, Darnie, you work with a lot of young people in the community doing your youth work, and sometimes young boys make mistakes. We banter around a wee bit, and I was one of them kids that just kind of messed around, didn't do too well at school, and kind of it was the youth workers that kind of really changed things for me and changed direction. So 
growing up here has been formative. It shaped me, like obviously growing up in the troubles and the impact that has on, on all of us. I know there's a recent show on BBC telling the, the story, I think Once Upon a Time, where it shows Northern Ireland over the last sort of 30, 40 years. And again, that was quite moving. And I, I know I've been impacted by the troubles. So again, I said youth work in some way saved me, shaped me. And I'm thankful for all those youth workers over, over the years that have played a key role in that. And it's led me to YouthLink. Like now what I'm, I'm the director at YouthLink at the minute, um, but came through as a volunteer on my placement, my student placement, part-time worker, full-time worker, delivering training across Northern Ireland, the border regions, and working on a degree program for seven years. And now I am in the position of leadership within the organization that brings new challenges. So exciting times. And yeah, you can maybe ask me more questions about my formative years, but central to it is youth workers that made a difference in my life, transformed my life. And I, I love the ripple effect that youth workers like you, Darren, are still doing in the community. You've kind of went into yeah, my, what would have been my second question then. What was the catalyst for you getting into youth work? You've said there that there was a positive influence from youth workers and the work that they were doing, which for many young people today, I would say is still very prevalent. Yeah, no, like, I mean, pretty much I met a nun in a pub who gave me an opportunity to do faith-based youth work in a wee community, voluntary setting, a sister Anne, big shout out. But it, it, it was life-changing and let me see youth work actually as a career. Got involved in volunteering, I... I'd done the Prince's Trust program um, whilst volunteering for my local youth centre, St Agnes's. Um, and again, learning how to do youth work, being shaped by, you know, Pauline, the youth worker in charge, and starting to think, do you know what? Maybe I can go and give this whole youth work a game. And I went to Youth Link, it got me, you know, it was the OCR, Part-Time Youth Worker Award. That was a get, uh, like a, a door opener for me to get into Ulster University. And... If it wasn't for them, youth workers in particular, who kind of seen something in me, like lit a spark, um, but also encouraged me along the way, give me opportunities like residentials, training opportunities, um, experiences leading groups, like managing small budgets. No, it was it was faith in in me and seeing leadership in me that I didn't see in myself. Awesome. Um, I I also like I think everyone who's involved in youth work. And definitely go back and look at just there's always a youth worker somewhere along the line or somebody who was involved at a youth local youth club who they could say oh, that was the, the guy that was the person who really affected me and changed my life for the better I, I think I think for myself when I was younger there was a when I went to a cross-community youth club in, in Central Craigavon, which is where I grew up, coming from a Protestant background, uh, we it was still it was segregated a lot more than what it is now, thankfully. Um, there was a guy called Peter McCann, father of the Irish League footballer, Peter McCann, who's still playing, I think, in Lurgan somewhere. And Peter, who I bump into every now and again in Lurgan Park when I'm out walking my dog, there was just something he just... He just, I just connected with him. Like he, he, he took football and all, and he, he would the way he encouraged you and the way he just spoke to you and built you up. You just knew there was something different, and you could see that he had a heart for the people, for the young mm. people, and he wanted to bring everyone together. So I think, uh, yeah, the same way your sister Anne was for you, Peter McCann was probably that pivotal moment for me. 
took me a few years to get into youth work now. I won't lie, but that's for another day. But yes, uh, there's, all, there's there's always one youth worker somewhere who lights the fire. You're not going to sing. Take that as a relight my fire. Is that he's seventeen? I have no idea. Relight, no, I was, that was take that definitely. I'm useless with music, but even it, it's the youth workers. Even just as you're shouting out names there as well, it's the youth workers that shape you in different ways. Like there's a good old Derry youth worker, John McLaughlin, who community relations training. He really pushed pushed the group that we were in, and I I remember just being pushed so much that um, I realized, you know, even the baggage I held in terms of you know, sectarian mindsets, hurt and pain from the past. You know, I, I lost my grandfather in the troubles that had a significant impact on me. And bringing that to the fore, we realise, actually, that stuff does matter. Like, w- what we have grown up in matters, and it has shaped us. And, I, I mean, youth workers like that pushed me on a journey into peace building. And again, Youth Link harnessed that, like being around great leaders within Youth Link at, at that early stage, like, you know, John and Fergus and Craig and, and, and the rest of them that were involved in peace building. It was just, it was monumental. It was significant. And this is just coming out after the Good Friday Agreement. So it was it was poignant work. Um, but thankful for them, we youth workers that give me a wee piece, you know. Yeah, that's precious. Well, you've just mentioned the Good Friday Agreement there. Obviously, we've, we are currently in 25 years. Mm. No significant milestone since the, the Good Friday Agreement was uh, signed. And uh, I think my next question for you, Joe, was since the Good Friday Agreement, what do you think have been the biggest challenges in youth work? Ooh, good question. Like, I remember the moment going to vote Yes for Peace. And recently I watched the Derry Girls. I think it was the end of the final episode where young people and people in Northern Ireland were choosing peace. And it was a powerful time. Uh, and now we're, you know, we're 25 years on. And it is a time to reflect and it is a time to think about how the world, you know, has changed. You know, since then, you'd, I think we've had the guts of 200 people killed since the Good Friday Agreement. And, you know, 10,000 punishment beatings, there's bomb attacks, there's police officers shot. Now we could look back and say, you know, we've done a good job. We're not killing each other as much anymore. There's a relative peace. There's a wee peace. But at times I get saddened about actually progress. We've people that have changed, but the environment around them, the structures haven't changed. And I feel there's a long way to go. And I don't want to be kind of doom and gloom because this is a this is a positive um, podcast. We have seen monumental shifts in, in people's mindsets. We've young people that go places that they never went before. We've young people socializing in town, going to concerts together. The barriers around town have gone away. There's, you know, e- even the physical barriers around towns uh, have gone away We're in terms of police checkpoints. But we have the other physical reminders, separation walls, dividing communities, the poverty, and, you know, whether it's Derry, it's Lurgan, it's Portadown, it's Belfast, it's rural Fermanagh or Newry or Ballymena, we still are facing deprivation and social issues that impact our young people. And Darren, we care about young people. Like, we are in this game because we want to make a difference in the world. And we do see a better place and we don't want to accept this kind of, you know, benign apartheid where we're happy to live separate lives. We're happy, you know, 
with sectarianism in some shape or form, and like we represent the faith-based sector in the churches. And Ray Davy, the founder of Coromila Community, said about, look, if the churches have nothing to say about sectarianism, they've nothing to say. And I think for us in this role, you know, we want to be continually advocating for peace, advocating for transformation in young people's lives. And even in this time, you know, you talked at the start about the change in youth sector where foundry groups and community and youth organizations are struggling. Um, funding's been cut day and daily. The austerity coming from Westminster, political instability with no government instalment. You know, it isn't hopeful at times, but then you look out the window, young people kicking a ball, you see the smiles when you're on a residential and having laughs together. You see people, you know, an, an OCN certificate being meaningful to someone's life. And yeah, well, we're 25 years on. I do think we've made progress, but we've a long way to go. So maybe 50 years down the line, Darren, we'll, we'll take a wee, a wee reflect moment as well. You, you made a good point right at the end there, Joe. 50 years down the line, I think. A lot of people thought when the Good Friday Agreement was signed that things were going to move quickly, but we're such a complex society. It's, it is going to take time, and it does take time because there's so many factors that need to be, like you look at education, housing, mm. youth work, you know, it, there, that's just three, there's, and there's so many more social issues. It's just, it's going to be a long process. But one, one thing I think, as parents, I think we can both sit here and say, we definitely want a better future for our children mm-hmm. and for our grandchildren and for because we do we, we love our job we we do have we have the best job in the world i think like, yeah i mean the reason why we're in youth work is because it is the best job in the world like the transferable skills you know, darren i could ask you to book a residential tomorrow you're you're an offense coordinator like i've seen you counseling young people helping them out i've seen you as an educator making a difference. I've seen you as a sports coach. I've seen you doing drama on the front stage. I've seen you talking to kind of dignitaries and like funders and key stakeholders. I've seen you being a businessman and being strategic. Like the transferable skills that we have as youth work are, are second to none, but also the job. No day is the same. You know, there's a flexibility in the job. Whilst we might work evenings or weekends or we can be stretched at times, it's a class job. It's creative, and you know we do we we do genuinely want to you know come into work each day. You know, and I, I think you know we talk about the, the challenges that are out there, but working in partnership with young people, like young people have the answers. And please God, I know John Paul Laderac says it takes a society the same length of time it was in conflict to get out of it so hopefully we haven't been in conflict for hundreds of years because i don't want to be fighting this battle forever but we also we also play a, a role in the wider world like we're members of a global village you know we're we're a small dot in in the world map and we've got something to say to the rest of the world but we've we've also an obligation or duty to look after our other brothers and sisters, the other young people around the world, and especially the ones that have set up in Northern Ireland as, as their new home. Well said, Joe. Um, I think we do have some quick-fire questions, which we'll get to in a little minute, but I just want to ask you one more question before that. As a youth worker in, and as a volunteer, what, what's been your greatest success story? It's hard to pick one out in the sense it's so many of the wee moments. It's when... A young person comes back and says thank you or you notice that young person who on a Friday in a residential is afraid to, you know, climb up a ladder to jump 
you know, Abseil Down, where on the Sunday they've kayaked, they've, you know, climbed a cliff, they've done things that they've never thought they would do, and seeing the smile, like, that's amazing, or seeing someone overcoming a fear. But it's it's the journeys, like, I, I love looking at people where they've been through their level one, two, and three, youth work training with me, and, and you catch them a few years later in a shop, and they've just graduated from youth work, and you're going... Wow, fair play to you. You're a leader in your community and you see the ripple effect. So for me, it's the tiny things, it's the small things. Because um, the big things in the end aren't what it's about. It's it's about the wee, the wee wins. It's the wee jars of, you know, hope and gratitude and the smiles. And, and that's what youth work makes it different. It's not about massive, you know, targets. Like we're, we're not like teachers where we're, you know, making sure people learn everything on a curriculum. We're not like doctors where we're stitching someone up to stop them bleeding. We're doing a range of things that are ultimately about life-giving and hope-building. And we ultimately know that young people are in charge. We just accompany them along the way. And it's it's a beautiful metaphor in life, just that accompaniment. or We're journeymen. We walk the Camino with young people and try to make a difference along the way. Do you know what? I, f- I feel like... I feel like you're building me up. I'm getting fired up now. You know, I, I love being a youth worker, but the more yeah. I listen to you, Joe, it's like, I want to get out there and, and just do more youth work. <laughs> Let's get out. It's not raining anymore. Let's get out on the street. I know. What is this water falling from the sky? What's that all about? I'm, yeah, get used to it. It's, more, it's Northern Iron. I'm not happy. Not happy. So listen, next, what we have now, just to change it up a wee bit, we've got some quick fire questions. <laughs> A pretty good ad hoc little jingle, jingle there, Joe. Jingle Did you like that? Quick fire. We've got five quick fire questions. Okay. Favorite landmark in Northern Ireland? I don't know. I'm going to be controversial and say it's in the very north of Ireland, in Donegal. You know, I'll, I'll save that to the holiday question. Um, the Morns. I love being on top of the Morns. I don't know if it's a landmark, is it? I would call the Morns. Yeah. Chance Causeway. It's nice too. I've never been to Chance Causeway. Okay, landmark, Primark, and Belfast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Childhood TV show. Well, can't say, I don't know, Knight Rider. Hello, Michael. Sorry. It's a kid. Um, uh, most popular Northern Ireland celebrity of all time? Uh, of all time? Flip. I'll have to just say George Best because he was a great footballer. Favourite holiday destination in Northern Ireland? Uh, Northern Ireland? Like, well, my wee girl says, Daddy, how is the most northerly part of Ireland in the south of Ireland? Donegal, where we went for holidays. But I think where I live, actually see where I live, looking over Strangford Lock in the Mourns, it's a nice wee part of the world, but I do North Coast, Newcastle. Um, it's a nice wee place we live in. That is lovely. And your childhood pace, your wee pace from childhood, Joe? Wee pace? Well, I have to like shout out to my granny, who done something simple. It was like bread, whack of butter, bit of sugar. Knock yourself out until dinner time. Like, we simple sandwich. Got fancy since, since I've got older. You've got, like, peanut butter and everything in them now. Like, but a wee piece. I used to go, Granny, can I have a wee piece? She, wee piece. You were lucky in them days. You got crisps in it, pack of tater onion, slice of ham. You were flipping rich, you know. The good old days. The I loved a wee piece. A wee piece. A sugar sandwich, Joe. Sugar sandwich. Brown sauce was good at night time now. Cheese and brown sauce. That was a night nighttime wee, wee piece. See, I don't like cheese. Oh, or what about a chip butter? You know, like a, a wee piece with a, bit of, a couple of chips in it. 
can't beat it. Like potatoes and bread, like doesn't make sense, but it was good when you're hungry. I know it's that that's that's the go to. You, do you know that? You no, know when you get home some nights during the week and you can't be bothered cooking, yeah. it's like we can get a bag of chips. Bag of chips. And we'll have bread and butter. Bread and butter. We are a healthy nation, aren't we? I know. You understand why we've got the highest heart disease in Europe. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm salivating here, Joe. It's too yeah, early I for know. chip buddies anyway. I know. So that was uh, quick fire questions. Yeah. Is this is this a round you're going to have every week? Is it? The quick yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, okay. I, think, I think so. I really need to work up with jingles. I think. Didn't think I'd say that this morning. Yeah. Hey-ho. Jingle bells. <laughs> it should be Christmas all year, shouldn't it? What's your plan for you? For me, like, are you talking like from a youth work point of view? For me, like, yeah, they want to have work. like a horse and riding across Arizona and the Wild West or something like that, or youth work. And youth work, I think I would love a youth sector where everyone was in it together. It was collaborative. It was teamwork where we we were there for young people. So, um, like my vision for youth work is simple. It's you know, there's an old Irish proverb, Mullinoyga August Chuckyshire, you know. Praise the youth and they will flourish. And in YouthLink, we're, we're about, you know, excellence in youth work. We're about transformation. And we're also about helping young people to flourish while they pursue the common good. So I think for me, it's to try and get everyone on board to pursue the common good and, and acknowledging that I am one person in a global village and I'm going to learn so much from someone from another part of the world. And that's my obligation. I think we have to make a difference, not just here locally, but nationally, internationally, and like look after this wee place we called Earth. And if along the way, we can help one young person, a couple of young people, and I really do. I don't know, Darren, if you've the kind of cheesy wee poem, you know, a man was look, walking along a beach and up in the head in the distance, he seemed like, you know, a beach full of starfish. And there's a wee kid skimming, throwing starfish back in the, into the ocean. And the man says, here, mate, what are you doing? There's like thousands of starfish. You're, you're not going to make a difference here. There's loads of them. And the wee kid picked up one starfish and threw it in the water and said, I made a difference to that one. And I think that sums up sort of the vision for youth work. It is making a difference to that one young person could save a life. And that's what we're about. We're about making a difference even if it's only one young person we can retire on that like that's that's what we're about changing lives saving lives and making the world a better place i think you even almost answered my end question there joe what's what's your hope for the future especially in youth work and in society and i think you're right i think there, there's a lot of focus on big big changes but at the end of the day as youth workers if we can make the difference of one young person's life Hundred percent, but it, like there is a challenge too. Maybe it's not to extent. Maybe the last point is there's a challenge for us youth, youth workers. If there's people listening to this, there's young people. Let's get our house in order. Like I mean, Jordan Peterson says, you know, if you want to make a difference in the world, make your bed in the morning. I, I think as youth workers, let's deal with some of our baggage, our sectarianism, our racism, our homophobia, our kind of isolation of other people, our bullying, whatever it is. Like, let's deal with our junk. And, you know, youth link, obviously, Darren, we're coming from a faith perspective, you know, in this interchurch um, organization. And we believe, you know, in awakening hope in people. We believe in making a difference in people's lives. But people really need to 
step up to the plate too, take responsibility for, for their actions. And we need young men, young women, young people to step up and be the leaders of tomorrow, be our new politicians in Stormont, to change and shape this place. Like we need it to survive and we need to kind of, like I know you were at that event last week, the Short Island event. What's it going to look like when we have, you know, Britain and Ireland, two islands right beside each other? What does it look like when we are reconciled, we are living together in this new place with a new, you know, new mentality? Like that's my hope that we're no longer longer confined by boundaries, but we're trying to kind of live with a, a broader mindset of the world. Yeah, just be different and make a difference in the world. Well, I can only but agree with that, Joe. I think that is the end of our first podcast it's good now i'm looking forward to hearing it back now is when you press play or whatever it sounds like i don't think there'll be much edit needed for this I'm so available in all good podcasts absolutely and we will advertise we this it. we will launch it on on our facebook page on our new website which is currently under construction yep <laughs> if, if that's the right Word. And where's it getting launched at this podcast? It's Summer Madness, I hear. Oh, Summer Madness, yes. Our official launch date. We're going to buy a bottle of champagne. Well, you can't do that in Summer Madness. We'll buy buying a bottle of sparkling water. Yeah, flavoured water. A, a flavored as water long as you can it, shake it and spray it. And celebrate, yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. No problem. That's great, great being here today, Darren. Good luck with this podcast. And I'm sure it'll be great for you, Slink, to listen along to all the voices of youth workers and young people along the way. Thank you, Joe. And do you know what? Just for that. So in the future, our future guests know, will come along and they'll share their stories and their hopes for the future. And as you said earlier, if there are people listening who are influential, then maybe this might get them thinking and we could see positive effects and changes in the youth work and community sector. So all that's left for me to say is a big thank you. Thank you to Joe for coming along today. If you have any questions or queries about today's show or get in contact with YouthLink about any training opportunities that are run at the minute or any future projects, then just contact YouthLink on www.youthlink.org.uk or you can contact me personally on darn at youthlink.org.uk. And the final word for me is a big thank you. And I hope you've enjoyed the podcast and you're experiencing a wee piece of joy, a wee piece of love and a wee piece of peace in your lives today. Until next time.